what a difference six months makes at a football club and in a football club supporter's perspectives on a player. At the start of the year, after a big preseason, we were all singing the praises of one Nathan Freeman, the wonder kid who was going to lead us back to the top. Revelations today show that he's going to be leaving uh, the black and white. And the response has been, well, it's been nuclear. <laughs> if, you, if you've been around the Collingwood Forum today, um, certainly a lot going on about that. And that's the top of our agenda tonight. GC, welcome aboard. Don't know how much of this you've read, but um, a bit oh, disappointing. Yeah, well, it has to be disappointing. Top 10 draft pick wanting to leave us. Um, but it's welcome to the brave new order, isn't it, really? I mean, I, just a little bit of me thinks, well, it's it's the same medicine that uh, brings Adam Trelaw, hopefully, to our club. And if uh, I keep thinking, if we get Adam Trelaw and Michael Aish and lose Nathan Freeman, I'm pretty happy with the whole deal. Wouldn't We wouldn't have worked out too badly out of that. I mean, out of that 2013 draft class, I think if you'd said to a Collingwood supporter you could land uh, young James Aish and, and Matt Scharenberg uh, out, of those, out of those two picks, um, we would have been stoked. Um, but, but right now, there is certainly an element of, of, of disappointment. You know, the, the kid's been at the club for two years. We've rehabilitated him through injuries and stuff. Mate, Poggle, how, how do you see this? How do you feel about a, a player this young in his career leaving our club? Well, look, there's two sides to it. Um, I think from a personal perspective, if I were his parent, I'd probably be saying go for the best deal. Um He's got his whole future in front of him. It's a little uncertain, um, you know, body-wise, I guess, uh, staying with Collingwood. Um, and St Kilda, I take it, are offering him, you know, a better contract from that perspective. Mm. Um, from a supporter point of view, well, yeah, you you know, you look at the investment that the club's made in him, the, um, the promise of... Um, of what he was going to bring to the club and all of that's, um, you know, all for naught before mm. he's had any opportunity to show us anything. So it's disappointing. It's a great it's a great point of view and it's a great point you make. I mean, for, for those listening, obviously the, the comparison between the two contracts has mooted by us again earlier today. Collingwood offered two years, $200,000 with incentives that could rise the contract to as high as $400,000 depending on games he played, whereas the Saints have offered three years at 300000 guaranteed money. You know, that's a potential, you know, uh, bonus of $500,000 guaranteed money um, to a guy 20 years of age, it, it, it's a lot of coin. Um, and you can certainly see why he'd be encouraged to to take the more lucrative offer. <laughs> and what would you do? Hey, I'll tell you what, Magpie Girl, if I had not, if I'd been in a job and not been able to complete a specific bit of my job, you know, if, if I, I'm a teacher, if I was a teacher and I couldn't, and I wasn't in a classroom for two years, but I was on contract. And then another school said to me, we're going to pay you three times what you're earning and you still may not teach every day. I guarantee you I'd be doing that. That's, that's, it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah. Absolutely. What about you, GC? Oh, look, I'm a, look I, I, I can understand. I think it's the new, it's the new system, but I still think there's, um, there's a bit of merit in – I mean, he's not 
he's not being asked to take nothing for two years. If mm. if he's being offered two hundred thousand for two years, the club's given him a bit. I like the old loyalty type thing, but that's mm. going out the window. I understand. So, uh, I think sometimes you say, you know, you know, I owe something back. So um, that's what I'd like them like them to do. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's. I think that's what we would all like to see, but but as you say, they they've they've taken that out of the game now. There's everyone just chases um, better opportunities, more money. I mean, again, from a player's perspective, you can't blame them, but you, as a supporter, you 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 really miss that sense of loyalty mm. um, and belonging to a club. I, I still think there's a bit of, you know, for a for a manager to say, I think a manager can can say this is just about money. It's just a total money sum game. We don't care about anything else. But I think some there can be some wiseness in this and say, look, in life, you've got a real opportunity here. Mm. If you make a little bit less money here, it may actually reward you later down the track because you you'll be seen to be, I mean, you're going to be seen to be a mercenary at the moment. Yeah. And maybe that will change in the future. But, um, you know, I think oh, I just, just still think there's some benefits in your life to being seen to be loyal. And and there is such a thing still as loyalty. You know, free agency has been in place for been three or four years now. Um, and, frankly, most of the big players who could have moved and the mooted moves haven't actually gone through. Um, so so that, that still does exist. Um, there is still that, that, that sense. It's just I think that we've, we've seen it just a really, really almost alarming trend of in the last two years, um, especially from this the same draft class as Nathan Freeman, you know, the Tom Boyd deal last year where the player essentially bent the club over and said, well, I'm going because this is the amount of money I'm being paid. Cam McCarthy, similar situation at the moment with the apparently a seven hundred thousand dollar contract in front of him from Fremantle, um, and he's under contract. And you know, it, it feels like the players have a lot of power at the moment, and the clubs are sort of at, at the players' mercy. Um, and that's probably the, the probably the most frightening thing is when you have clubs that have been in a rebuild phase or are still going through a rebuild, like the Brisbane's, who could lose James Aish. You know, these clubs again. Losing their players two years in, you know, this is this is even this is long before they get to free agency. They're not doing um, their, their their time at their club and helping that improvement. So that's a little bit concerning from my point of view. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, and I think it's we are we do live in a world where you know it's a professional sport, and our you know if you went to the restrainer trade trade type option, the the players could push this even harder if they want. So we always, I think the clubs are always a little bit saying, well, we'll let them get away with what they're getting away with now because if they really took it all to the courts, things would go badly probably for the clubs and they'd get even more mercenary. So, you know, maybe this is the best we can really hope for in a way. That would be a terrible thing to happen. Of course, the other thing is that it would... That's what happens in, in the US and lots of other sports. I mean, there's the, our, our concept of loyalty in sport is... is an anachronism in most of the rest of the world. Look, I, I, I have a question for you, GC. I mean, I watch a fair bit of, of American sport, and essentially, if you're signed with a, a, an American 
franchise. Once you become a player for the NBA, you are employed by the NBA. Your club essentially is just the you know the, the group you work for. It's a subdivision. Now, if you're under contract with the NBA, your club can move you to any other club they want without your permission. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's going to work in our AFL scenario because obviously it's a different system, a uh, different culture, whatever. But I feel like in this, in this, in this, you know, in this time that we're moving into, with the way that contracts are being structured and the way that free agency is working. Could this be beneficial in a getting getting equitable deals done for clubs um, uh, to be able to move players without their consent? And, and b is it something that you think would realistically work in our game? Well, the idea that a club could move a player, no, a club on. club can move a player on. So let's say last year Dane Beams wanted to get to Brisbane, but the best offer put forward was by Gold Coast. We say, well, you're going to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other, I guess, another quantum leap in our what we uh, accept. So, and I'm I'm not fully over that how how that really works. So mm. it's hard. But I, I guess I look at the more the EPL or the soccer, and you know, you they they are selling and buying players, you know, willy nilly in a much more sort of less loyal fashion than what we are, and. I think people just accept it now. You know, you say, "Well, next week you'll play for them," and it, 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 you don't see that same player loyalty. Yeah. Of course, we get outraged when one's leaving, but we we are full of glee when oh. when it works. Yeah. Adam Floor is making one of the greatest decisions of all time, isn't he? Isn't he just? <laughs> we'll. Go- We'll get we'll get to him in a, in a couple of heartbeats. There's a couple of other players that I want to talk about in terms of potentially leaving or, or are leaving. Um, first off, the the retirement of Patrick Carnesis at the tender age of 23. Um, it sounds like he's a little bit disenchanted with the game um, and perhaps hasn't really enjoyed his time at Collingwood the way he would have liked to. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, he's obviously a player with with an extraordinary amount of talent, but yeah, something didn't work for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's a very it's a brave decision for him in a way to say because he clearly, you know, he got to where he wanted to be at Collingwood, and you know, probably had too much, maybe too much expectation of this is my childhood dream, and and it didn't work out for him. But to to actually take that step to say, well, look, I'm not this isn't really for me, and I'm going to step aside and do something else is a pretty brave decision. Um, I'm, I, I know because um, I've got a soft spot for Paddy Kay because he he was he went to school with my kids and my, one of my sons had him in a year. He was a younger kid in his year, and he just says he was such a nice kid. And I just wonder whether maybe maybe he's just too nice and for the whole business. Mm. You know, is he retiring from football completely? Well, from the AFL at least. Yeah. I, I'm sure he, he'll bump up his. Uh, Weekly earnings by having a gig somewhere. Yeah, you think Alan he'd want to? Well, maybe not. Maybe he's going to travel. He said something about travel, so maybe he's just heading off. But he could yeah. make a few dollars playing football still. From from what I hear, he's looking at travelling. Um, he does want to go back and study. He's one that's always had an eye to what happens after football as well. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, he, he's very family oriented, and, and I think I think he's keen to set himself up for a for a good future. 
And I think yeah, there, there probably were question marks on whether if he spent another year in the AFL system, maybe some opportunities would be missed. Um, so it, well, it's, it's unfortunate. But in a way, it's Cole Martin, isn't it? Because as I understand Cole Martin, he sort of said, well, I can play at Noble Park and do a plumbing apprenticeship and make probably more money and set myself up more realistically because how many years am I really going to have doing this? Yeah. For, the, for some of these guys, they, may, they, they have other options and they may say, well, look, for me, I'll still enjoy playing footy, but it won't be in the AFL and this sets up better for my personal circumstance. So I say good, you know. Absolutely. I think, I think that there – I don't know how much regret there will be on, on Collingwood's part, but for me, I, I look at it almost as, as, as a, an opportunity missed. We had, we had a really good player there, I think, um, that probably should have had an extended period of time in the team. Um, and dare I say, if we were a worse team at the start of the year and had we underperformed – um, at the beginning of the year, he probably would have had a string of games, but a lot of players were in good form. A lot of players performed quite well, kept him out of the side, and for one reason or another, didn't get back into the team, even when he was playing great VFL form. Um, it was late in the season. I, I thought he'd really get his chance late in the season, but you wonder whether he already informed the club of what his intentions were by then. Yeah, he could have already been feeling that that, that wasn't for him. Yeah. Well, just you know, as as another another door closes, another one will open for him, and we do best. We do wish Patrick best in all of his future endeavours. The other one, Paul Seedsman, um, whose name has been floating around, um, it's it's a little bit worrying that we've got Nathan Freeman, who's who's, who's heading off the club. Seedsman, who um, now has been mooted for a trade. Both of these are very quick players. Um, we don't have a lot of explosive pace in our side. First of all. Seedsman had a great start to the year, won the Anzac medal. Now he's on the trade table. This couldn't have been seen coming, you know, four or five months ago. Yeah, and I think I think for Seedsman, I think he's had hip surgery the last two seasons. He's had interrupted pre-seasons. I know he played well in that, really that one match, but he's a player I'd like to see stay and get a good run at a pre-season mm. and have a have a proper year because I think his last two years have been interfered with. And I think especially now that, um, you know, now that Freeman's off and you'd think, I think realistically, a second-round draft pick for him and maybe that's going to help us with Aish or something. So there's less of an imperative to get to to have Seedsman as a um, draft choice unless he's really keen on leaving. Unless he honestly believes that he can get more opportunities elsewhere, I'd like to think that he'd want to stay at the club. And 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 frankly, I'd like to think that the club would be happy to keep him because he does have something we lack. That back six is not quick. And there's not a great deal of rebound um, that's coming out of there. And there's even fewer precision kicks in, in that group. Yeah. So he certainly feels a need. Yeah. And from the purely supporter point of view is that Paddy Carnesis and Seedsman are doing what all us Collingwood supporters dreamt of doing all our lives is playing for Collingwood. And it's yeah. terrible to lose the two kids that were fanatical Collingwood boys, you know, in the same year. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and for you, no you, other reason, just sentimental reasons. Yeah, but you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. It, it, you know, these kids, you know, this, this is a guy who's, who's, I think his grandfather was president of the club. Um, or great grandfather, perhaps. Um, 
but but you know it it would be a shame, especially because I, I genuinely do think he has talent. Um, but it will uh, it will be interesting to see how that unfolds. I'd certainly hate to see him in North Melbourne colours, um, but you know we will we will have to wait and see. The other side of the trade table is potentially players that are coming in. Um, we know about the rumours about Trelaw and Aish. But if we're looking from a broader list perspective, what do you think that we should be looking at trying to bring in um, to our club to, to, you know, to really make us stronger for the next year? Oh, are we talking dreaming now? <laughs> oh. Hey, Dangerfield hasn't signed yet. Dangerfield hasn't signed yet. Hamish what he's named. What about Hartlett, Trelaw and Dangerfield? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that wouldn't be too bad, would it? Yeah, that would make a difference. Um, probably, probably only Trelaw. Look, I think if we can get, yeah, I think if we got Trelaw and Aish and lost yeah. Freeman, that would be a tremendous off season for us. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. I, I see a little bit of Jeremy Howe. I'm not sure that he's really an answer for us. I'm happy we we seem to have dipped out of Cruiser because I don't think he's an answer for us. Yeah. So. Um, um, Trelaw and Ace seem to be the names that keep resonating in my mind. What would be a left fielder? Or who would be a left fielder? Yeah, someone truly from left field is probably McCarthy. Yeah, that's, and that's a left field question, by the way, Mac <laughs> uh, No, probably McCarthy. He's, he, he feels a need. He feels a, a future need and a present need. Yeah, absolutely. Who's he playing um, that, uh, he came to place for GWS. Oh, okay, thanks. It's that yeah. Mitch Clark thing of I want to go to Fremantle, but suddenly I'm at Melbourne, so you know. And that's, that's probably that's probably a more challenging deal to get done. He's definitely under contract um, mm. for a couple more years, I think. Well, you um, asked that deal. <laughs> to, to, to actually, to me, to me, the <laughs> most left. <It's> here. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the most left field would be Harley Burnell. And Harley Bennell, oh, to, yeah, yeah. To, to, to me, is a kid who, if if you could, if you could, in the same, if the same period of time, in the same trade window, if Collingwood could bring in Trelaw and Harley Bennell, these are two guys who have every chance of being top ten players in the competition, and that's something you don't find. And it, and 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 they're both available, evidently, but Harley obviously has his issues. Yeah, look, I'm I actually now that you mention that, that's he he's the one. I'm I love the way he plays, and without I don't know that his real circumstance. I must say the 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 picture in the sun from 2013 I thought was absolutely outrageous. So he may not have as many issues as we believe. I mean, what is his biggest sin so far? I'm I'm not sure what it is, but it doesn't seem insurmountable. So yeah, I mean, if if the due diligence was done and someone said, "Look, we think we can turn this kid into a a player," I'd love him. I mean, to me, if the worst thing he's done is be a you know twenty to twenty five year old young guy who has experienced or had or is experiencing different things in his life, perhaps of a slightly untoward nature or perhaps something that's frowned upon by the general football community. This isn't something that it's. I wouldn't put a black line directly through his name. Yeah, he's not 
as far as we know, he's not going out and breaking into people's houses or anything, is he? No, see, my, my, my biggest annoyance about these things is, you know, clubs employ dozens of staff members to work on culture, to work with players, um, to support them for their needs, et cetera, et cetera, right? And not that these things don't happen, but the things, the, the, reason, the, the, the fact that clubs won't back themselves in to pick up a guy like this and say, you know what? You know, we can turn this this kid around. Um, he's had a couple of tough years at the Gold Coast, obviously, but there's mm. nothing to say that he can't be a strong player elsewhere in a good system. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I'd love to know what the thinking is why you wouldn't have a real dip at him because it seems mm. to be he's got tremendous upside. Absolutely, absolutely, the upside there is huge. Speaking of upside. Um, our football club as a general rule. We, we like to think that we do have a fair bit of upside. We are going forward. And it was an absolute shame to bow out um, uh, last week in the VFL. Um, really disappointing loss, all things considered. But but overall, quite a, quite a good season. Oh, absolutely. For the VFL, there's was, was a, lot, a lot of good things in the VFL. Um, a lot of players to look forward to. I think, I mean, I think... As much as we're a bit disappointed at the end of the year, we, we've got tremendous hope looking forward to 2016. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I think I think for me the real highlight, especially from the VFL standpoint, is seeing Michael Sewell come back from his injury, um, perform at a high level. But but you're right. You, you've you've gone you've gone in. You've seen a lot of these kids who um, who really stepped their game up. Um, that first half from Sharonberg was was promising, and. Mm. Probably worth worth his his contract extension alone, showing you know that's that's what I can do. Yeah, um, my feelings a bit, I must say. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you've been a bit judgmental on him in the past, <laughs> and rightfully so. Marsh, I hated to see, but yeah, um, um, they've got tremendous hope for him. It was such a shame to see Marsh injure himself. Yeah, um, but especially... hopefully not as bad as well, the previous one. Yeah, absolutely, and and hopefully, you know, just because he's had a couple of hamstring injuries, he decides that he wants to stay around for a bit longer. And yes, well, I think he's got a. <laughs> well. Was that was that was that too veiled a jab or no? no that was okay. No, we we got that. Left. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's had a few games. Yes, well, he, for it. well, he's definitely earned his contract extension. Let's put it that way. Um, but look, uh, uh, there is a lot to look forward to. Whether or not the, the the rumored signings come through, whether or not we make a lot of acquisitions, I think that natural improvement will probably see us make the eight next year anyway. Is uh, that yeah. your general feeling? We should. I think. We, I think it's it's not quite, but it's it's Bucks needs to do that to um, you know. To keep his job, yeah. and they need to have a, a more consolidating year next year. I, I actually wanted to. I actually wanted to talk about this just really briefly because I know we've, we've spent a bit of time tonight. And we should finish up in a second, but all the word that I hear when I look at media sources, and when I hear Buck spoken about in the media, it's that he really has nothing to worry about with his job. That um, he will be extended. The media, as a general rule, from what I saw on Footy Classified on Three Sixty a couple of weeks ago, feel that he is doing quite a good job in his role. From my perspective, and I think from a Collingwood supporter's perspective, it needs to be finals next year or the jungle drums have to beat and and there should be a serious look 
at whether Bucks's tenure should should continue on. Um, is that a feeling that you share, GC, or are you more in the camp of he's doing the right thing? No, no, I'm, and I'm a Buckley fan. I always have been, a, and I, I would I want to see him succeed. But you know, if you're you can't be if this is his fifth season coming up, so it's time to improve. And if you don't, I think he's he's set up some good things. But if he can't if he can't get the side performing to be, it has to be a a minimum of really challenging for finals, but I think you really have to see a significant upside next year or else you've got to say, well, maybe, you know, someone else has to take over. And the other, the only other thing with Bucks is I think Heath Shaw, Dane Beams, Nathan Freeman, just too many. We've lost too many good quality footballers yeah. and you've just got to say, well, what is happening there that we are mm-hmm. losing these guys? You know, mm-hmm. it's a question mark. It was interesting actually seeing Heath Shaw at um, I watched the All Australian ceremony um, last night, and he talked about the people that were most influential in his life, and it was so poignant when he said Mick Malthouse, and yeah, you just wonder what his thoughts about Nathan Buckley and, and even guys like Dids, you know, <laughs> left the club at the same time, and, um, and and how they all feel. There could be, and and and, and the thing is, the things that probably make him a disliked figure with certain players, make him a very liked figure with some of the younger guys. One of the reasons why Trelaw is looking at us is yep. uh, the yep. relationship that they had in under-16 level. Mm. Um, but you're right, it is getting to a stage now where, you know, there are players leaving, there are some, there's always players you're not going to get along with and players you're going to miss, but, but you know, Heath Shaw has gone on to, to forge a really good career at GWS and you, you want, as you say, you want to be seeing considerable upside. Yeah, I think I think you can say we lost these players for these reasons, but we you have to say, and that's why we're now improving. So mm. if you say we lost them, but we're still not improving, that's where the problem lies. Truly a fascinating discussion, but we will leave it there for the evening. Um, we'll look at doing another podcast in a couple of weeks when trade week starts and we're in the midst of it and we're celebrating uh, Adam Trelaw's coming to the club. Uh, and you know, over over a glass of champagne or two, Magpie Girl. Thank you very much for being on tonight. It's always a pleasure, Mighty T. It's always a pleasure having you. And GC, thank you so much for being here as well. Thank you. And as we say, Adam Trelaw is making one of the great decisions, and Nathan Freeman doesn't know what he's talking about. Has no idea what he's missing. No idea. Uh, but for now, this is the Mighty T signing out. Mm-hmm.